Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the Aztec word for armadillo translates roughly to armored pickle? Because <laughs> dillo actually is the Aztec word for armor, and armach is the word for pickle. <laughs> for more armadillo facts and to unlock bonus content, check us out at www.patreon.com slash club. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. And I'm Jeff Lake. Today we're going to be covering chapters 15 through 18 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the second book in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series and the final chapters of the book. Previously, Harry and his crew robbed Snape. And also, Harry tried to show off his snake talking, but it kind of backfires. Uh, Harry visits Dumbledore's house and burns his pet chicken. Then Harry and Ron talented Mr. Ripley, Crabbe and Goyle, and learn that Malfoy's a dick, but not the heir of Slytherin. Harry finds a magic talking book that tells him Hagrid is the heir of Slytherin, and he figures, well, it's a book. And he figures, it's in a book, so it must be true. <laughs> Hermione gets attacked, Hagrid gets arrested, and Dumbledore gets fired. And that's about it. Yeah. Things aren't going great, I guess. I'm right. go for some burned chicken right now. I know. I'm hungry. <laughs> Made myself hungry for fire chicken. <laughs> uh, chapter 15, Aragog. Um, so Harry and Ron have had this mysterious clue from Hagrid to follow the spiders, and they see the spiders going into the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, in a line. In a line, yeah. I've never seen spiders walk single file before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like a normal spider behavior. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, hey, let's go for another nighttime jaunt in the Forbidden Forest, because last time that worked out pretty well, I guess. Yeah, but plus... Maybe in parcel tongue, the... The word forbidden means the enchanting forest where you should go. <laughs> it's hard to say because Harry like, We keep telling Harry that it's forbidden. He keeps going. <laughs> he can't tell when he's hearing parcel and when he's hearing regular. Mm-hmm. But luckily, Harry remembers that he has an invisibility cloak and actually makes good use of it for once. And they, uh, they sneak out. And this is great because they show up and they run into the car. But, for, but first, um, I want to point something out. What's that? They feed fudge... To a dog. Oh. Is it a dog? I the thought it was some kind of, I don't know, hellhound or He's a boarhound. It's just a big dog. Maybe a student that got <clears throat> juiced into a dog. It it could be. Isn't a boarhound, isn't that like the, no, not basset hounds, but the like, like the Sherlock Holmes detective dogs, you know, that can like sniff stuff. A bloodhound? Oh. That's a bloodhound. Okay. A bloodhound isn't the same as a boarhound? I don't know, actually. I don't know what a boarhound is, but I assume it's some sort of dog because it says hound in the name. <laughs> it's, it's this fantastical dog of Angland, which is like a dog in every respect except it can eat fudge and not get sick. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, I, I figured treacle fudge um, wouldn't be something you want to feed to a dog, but, you know. They don't say that it actually ate the treacle, right? Don't no. they say that they just put it in its mouth to glue its mouth shut <laughs> so it may just not be able to move its mouth anymore yeah. forever now that Hagrid's gone it'll just you know starve to death or something well I mean some is nobody feeding him I mean like I know that Hagrid asked them to feed the dog but we haven't seen them go back to the house yet except mm-hmm. to take the dog into the woods Aww, I hope he's getting fed poor Fang I don't think so who what? would feed him 
sure there's plenty of kibble that he can like knock over. He's probably just mm. eating stuff in Hagrid's house. <laughs> yeah, Hagrid's other pets. <laughs> I mean, whatever he finds lying around, right? Aw. Well, I hope that worked out okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I want. So you mentioned that they bring the invisibility cloak, mm-hmm. but they leave it at Hagrid's house. Well, because they don't need it, because the forest is really dark. Because <laughs> the things in the forest can't see in the dark. Okay, does that is invis- also a good point. Does the invisibility cloak work in the dark? I, I How mean, does it work? Why wouldn't it? It makes because you the way it works is by making light rays go through it, and if there's no light rays, you how does the invisibility cloak Jeff, work? Jeff, you don't know that's the way that it works. It could be projecting an image of the thing behind it onto the front of it. This is my question. <laughs> in that case, it still wouldn't work in the dark, right? Because there's no image of the thing behind it. It's projecting the darkness onto the front of, on the front of it. <laughs> but they're not looking at the darkness. They're seeing things through heat vision or something, right? It also is invisible to heat vision. How do you know that? Because <laughs> I've read all the books. <laughs> That's true. Jeff, I've not done look, that. you're coming from a place that's very uninformed. The invisibility cloak <laughs> is very invisible. Oh, yes, I forgot that. The eighth book in the series, Harry Potter and the Thermal Scanners. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's, it's when the muggle, the muggle police come and they try and, you know... I think the, it's Harry Potter versus the Predator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that too. I want that to happen now. Harry Are they Potter coming up I mean, with a new Predator? The, yeah, it just came out. It sucks. Is it um, a Harry Potter crossover? Uh, it wouldn't it be great if it was like uh, like the predator decides the ultimate prey is the, the students of Hogwarts? <laughs> I mean, Harry Potter's defeated all these monsters and stuff, right? So yeah, right. The, pre- the predator might be like, I mean, like he seems like he's pretty, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> I, bet, I mean, if, he killed Voldemort, but I bet I could take him because that's how predators are, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. they're all about. Yeah, great sport. Yeah, mm. Harry Potter and the Predator. <laughs> look out! Look for the crossover. Yeah, twenty twenty-five. Um, but, you're, but then, as you mentioned, they run into the car. Yeah. I was really wondering what happened to that car. The car's gone feral. It's great. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Yeah. It's just living in the woods. Now, what is it eating? Oh, that's a good question. What do cars eat? Gasoline. Know. Unicorns. Oh, I hope not. Uh, so, Alice, I don't think I don't think this side of the car is where its mouth is. I think that the gasoline goes up its butt. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I think gasoline is more of an enema than a food. Yeah, I mean, the car did run away at the first opportunity. Because <laughs> people keep shoving tubes up my button and injecting me with gasoline. I would run away. I'm just saying. That out there. I would not be fond of that. Yeah, so the, the car's all friendly, comes and says hey. But at that moment, they are lifted out of the air. And this is freaking terrifying. Yeah, so they follow a trail of spiders and they find... More spiders. I mean, like, what did they think we were going to find here? Enormous spiders. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even more horrifying because Ron has this huge fear of spiders. So this is literally his worst nightmares coming true. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't They don't directly mention it in this part of the book. But, like, the entire time he's just, like, got this, his face frozen in, like, a silent scream. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay, well, I guess Ron's doing that now. <laughs> I guess he's going to be doing that while we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so they, so they, uh, the spiders bring them to Aragog, who is the patriarch spider of the family. That's right, and the, the giant blind spider vouches for Hagrid, and they're like, well, that's good enough for us. <laughs> the spider the size of an elephant. It if says, he's... Hagrid's all right, now kill them. <laughs> and they're like, well, if he says he's all right, yeah. why would he lie? He's about to kill us. So, is it a spider family, or how is this spider related to all those little spiders that were in the school? Uh, I, I don't think he children? is. I think he's like a spider king. Like there's so the big ones I think are his children, and the little ones are just like minions. 
that follow the spider around is oh, my okay. is my read on it because it, it's not just like not any special kind of spider every spider is leaving so they knew how to go to to see the spider king yeah so they all know about the spider king maybe he emits some sort of like spider pheromone do you think dumbledore knows about the spider king uh i don't think he knows he's in the forbidden forest but i think he knows that he uh exists because dumbledore was there when he was the spider king was a baby mm. right because we find out that hagrid brought aragog uh he got him from somewhere because apparently Aragog was not native to the Forbidden Forest, and he brought him there, and he brought him a mate as well. Yeah, but got him a little, a little friend, a little girlfriend. So he's kind of mm-hmm. like a spider panderer. Spider pimp. Oh, this is England. They don't have pimps in England. I think they have panderers. Panderers. Yeah, it's a pander. Yeah, pander. Pander. Like, like panderer. Like the like you mean like the black and white bear. <laughs> yeah, it's a the one that eats it's eucalyptus. A, it's, a, it's a panderer. It's, it's, Wait, it's a, they, and they, like holds onto the tree. <laughs> that's a koala. <laughs> What's the one that has syphilis? Uh, that's a panda. That's the person. It's a panderer, honestly. <laughs> But we do, we get some important information. We find out that uh, Aragog is not the monster from the Chamber of Secrets, which uh, Ron and Harry had suspected. And we find out that Hagrid also did not open the Chamber of Secrets himself. So that's that's good information to have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Hagrid deserved to get expelled, though. This spider is dangerous. Yeah, I that mean... dragon was dangerous. It, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of a thing with Hagrid. He likes dangerous, like the three-headed dog, Fluffy. Yeah, I mean, he could have stayed in school and and been one of the dragon people, like the Weasley brother that went off and does dragon stuff in Romania. Mm -hmm. That's Charlie who does that. Bill is the banker. Oh, that's right. Because of the alliteration. Yeah, you're right. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Charlie Charlie and Dragon. Dragon. Uh, I don't, no, think, I don't but, think alliteration means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> it means whatever I say it means. Uh, no, the uh, the spider is dangerous, right? Yes. Yeah. Like it, it's we don't even know if it's venomous, but it, clearly it's big enough to like kill somebody. Well, it eats people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I mean, when it's old, right? Maybe it's like maybe I mean, it wasn't big enough before. No, he wasn't going to eat them. He was saying his children were going to eat them. No, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't deny my children fresh meat. <laughs> Delicious human human parts. Yeah, that's nice actually. Mm. Which good. is which is rough and real scary, but luckily the car shows back up and and gets them to safety before they yeah. have a horrible death. It must have run over a lot of spiders. Probably. <laughs> I was I was just wondering why this car is helping them so much because the last I heard they were like basically like flogging the car to death or to exhaustion on the way to that the, the castle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they crashed it into a tree who beat the shit out of it. And now the car is like helping them out. I, if I were that car, I'd just be like, I'd run them over. And the spiders, <laughs> just saying. And that's after all the maybe that's what the gasoline and the car's like, no, they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> These are mine. But I'm glad though. I'm, oh, I'm maybe glad it's going to eat them. What? Maybe he's thinking about eating them. Mm-hmm. You ask what the car eats. Maybe it's going to eat them. Right? Mm. He's like, this is mine. It's gotten the taste for human flesh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Anything can happen in Harry Potter. But somehow they escape. <laughs> Yes. The car's the predatory instinct. Thing. Yes, the car helps them get out of there, thankfully. Uh, and Harry has a brainstorm, and he thinks to himself, because um, they find out... How did it work? Hang on. So one of the things they learn is that the person who died the last time the Chamber of Secrets was open died in a bathroom, and so Ron and Harry connect the dots and figure out that this is... This must be Moaning Myrtle, right? This ghost. 
Yeah, must have been the girl who died. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So this must this be is... like the best year of Myrtle's life, death, death, life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's getting all this like traffic. She's getting all this attention. Yeah. For the first time in 50 years, right? Yeah. Which leads us to chapter 16, The Chamber of Secrets. This is a bit of a leap of logic here to this, this moaning Myrtle thing. Mm-hmm. Some kid died in the bathroom, so it's probably Myrtle. Right, yeah. We don't even know that she died in the bathroom. We just know she likes to hang out there. She, no, Hermione said that she died in the bathroom and she's been hunting it ever since. Mm. Mm. Uh, but Harry and Ron go and visit Hermione, who's still petrified in the hospital. And she's got a piece of paper in her hand, which nobody noticed before. I want to point out a quote. It's not really important, but it's uh, hilarious out of context. All those times we were in the bathroom and she was just three toilets away. <laughs> That's, That's a, a quote, good one. A good quote without context for Ron. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I, I noticed that when they decide to go see Hermione, they're working on their assignment, which is to turn white rabbits into slippers. That's pretty mm-hmm. messed up, right? There's a way to do that. It does not involve magic. <laughs> Do they turn back? Is this turning a living thing into a dead thing? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> I mean, the, one of the spell components is a knife. <laughs> right. <I> mean, <laughs> like, where's, what's the magic component of this? Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Rabbit is skin is slipperous. Maybe the teacher just needed some slippers. <laughs> <laughs> she might have. She just, like, puts a rabbit in front of him, puts a knife in front of him, and it's like, make me some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> And so Hermione has this paper in her hands and she lets them know that and through that they learn that the that it's a basilisk and it's been traveling through the pipes and nobody else has heard it because Harry is the only one who can hear it because he understands parcel tongue. Because a basilisk is a snake in mm-hmm. this situation. Right. A it, magical snake. But that's a that's a thing. That's not a Harry Potter specific thing, right? The basilisk is in mythology. It's a mythological yeah, 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 creature. Yeah. It's usually not a snake, though, I think. It's, really? a, it's reptilian for sure. And I think the, the, the bit about it being like a, a snake egg, um, a snake egg planted under a chicken or, or, or raised by roosters <laughs> is actually from the mythology of the basilisk, I think. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I believe it's more like a chicken or a, a reptilian bird kind of hybrid than usually, a, yeah. a snake. But in this case, it's, it's a snake, so Harry can talk to it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And they figure out that the entrance then to the Chamber of Secrets has got to be in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Through a leap of logic, I didn't entirely understand. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's because the thing is moving through the pipes, and that's how you get in and out of the pipes, is in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It okay. doesn't really follow. So this bathroom then dates back to the 12th century when this thing was made, this castle was made. Okay, no, I was reading about this. Um... The the 12th century is when the chamber was originally built and the basilisk was put in there. So I guess that they're immortal, which basilisk. is interesting, or just extremely long-lived. Yeah, they said they lived for hundreds of years, I think, okay. when they were reading about them. But the Chamber of Secrets has been open pretty regularly. Whenever one of Slytherin's heirs shows up at Hogwarts, they'll open the chamber. Oh, so it's happened more than once? It's happened many times. Oh. And so when the castle was getting plumbing... How I think it was back in the 1700s or something. Um, one of the heirs of Slytherin went and they. It used to be just like a trapdoor to get into the chamber, and he kind of configured it so that it would happen through the pipes instead. Oh. So it got it got renovated. I see. It's yes. a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like the bit where Ginny comes to them to try and tell them something, and uh, she tells them that she's she she has something to tell them. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like about to say it, and she's like really nervous about it. And then Percy shows up, and Percy scare, basically scares her off. And then they're like, "Oh, she was about to tell us something." And Percy's like, "Oh, it was something about me. She saw me doing something. I don't want to say anything about it." Right. Which yeah. you know, to me is like, "Oh, he's, he's having a little personal prefect time," you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pulling one out. Yeah. <laughs> pulling out a prefect pull out, as we call it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's heavily implied that he's waking. But I mean. I think it's meant to imply that Percy is the heir of Slytherin. Oh, I didn't. I That's didn't. not what I got at all. I oh yeah, I've been reading that this whole book because Percy's been acting super sketchy. Because he's got a girlfriend. Well, yeah, but I, I think that's the that. twist. Oh. But I think it, he's he's meant to be set up as a false lead. That is interesting. No, that he's, never he's the one that keeps like like finding them. Like, what are you doing in that oh, bathroom? Man, oh, I totally man. did not and, get that. And, and yeah. acting weird and being by himself all the time. Uh-huh. I totally did not get that. Oh man. I think that's the fake out. Okay. This is why it's great to have somebody who's reading books for the first time. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got perspectives that I had never considered. Yeah, that, that, I totally thought. He's definitely acting villainous this whole time. Well, he's just kind of a dick. Sure, yeah. That's what but, we learned. No, yeah, that's what we right. learned in the end. Maybe. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> he might be just a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, throughout this process, there are several points when they have more information and they have opportunities to go talk to professors. At any of those points... I I mean, wouldn't it be a better idea to get the professors involved? Well, actually, since you say that, they are, for once, going to do the right thing, and they're going to go tell McGonagall what they figured out. Uh, yeah, but then they don't, right? They, yeah, they end up hiding. I, I'm, well, I'm not sure why they the, end up right? hiding. No, no, yeah, so they, you're right. They decide to... Yeah. Go talk to the professors, and then the prof- professors are in the room, and then they start to come in, and they're like, oh, we're going to hide and listen, and then we're going to tell them after we eavesdrop, which doesn't seem like a great plan to begin with. Yeah, they're hiding in the, the teacher's lounge. Yeah. Right, because they want to talk to McGonagall. That is very weird. Um, but anyway, Ron and Harry are hiding in the staff room because reasons, and they find out a student has been officially taken by the monster into the chamber. And it's... Harry's girlfriend. <laughs> Officially taken by the monster. <laughs> well, not just possessed, but fully kidnapped or what? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, one of the students has been taken by the monster, and it is Ginny. Poor Ginny. This time it's personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can't catch a break. I know. So if the- only there was something they could do, like, oh, you know, just... Tell the professors everything they know, because at this point, they have a lot of information. Like, if they took everything that they know to the professors, like, they could fix this, right? They're like, we know what this creature is. We know where it probably lives. We know that it's, you know, I mean, like... Well, I, first of all, I figured the professors all know what the creature is anyway. Do they? Yeah, why wouldn't they? Dumbledore knows. Does he? I don't think he knows. He I was there when it was open last time. Yeah, but he doesn't know that... So he still doesn't know that Hagrid wasn't responsible. He doesn't think that Hagrid was responsible, but he doesn't know that. And he also doesn't know that... But he knows about Tom Riddle. He knows that Tom Riddle ended up... I think Dumbledore knows everything. And I have a theory about this that I will get to later on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Because all we know about the last student who died moaning Myrtle was that she looked into the basilisk's eyes and then she died. We don't know if anybody else saw the basilisk. We don't know if it tried to eat her or anything so yeah that's yes. true uh, yeah I, I figured they could 
I mean, petrified, right? That they put together petrified. Well, basilisks don't normally petrify. Mm-hmm. But they but, do. It's one of the things that petrify, right? Hmm? No, they don't. I mean, like that. No, I mean, it's, it's known it? that basilisks petrify if you see them in a mirror or something. Is it? They could put it together the same way Harry Potter did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Harry Potter, I guess. Well, Hermione did because she's yes. the smart one. Yeah, Harry Potter's brain trust. But nobody else, but Hermione figured it out because she she knows that Harry Potter can understand it, meaning it's a snake-like thing. The professors don't know that. Yeah, but you, I mean, make a list of all the things that can petrify stuff. In the wizard world, it's <clears> probably a whole fucking lot of things. What we know is that it's one thing, mm. right? That's what we know. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they probably do have... They do know what it is. They just have no idea how to find the chamber. Sure, yeah. And find this. Or yeah, how know, it's that's, getting that's around. That's my read on it. So, like, they didn't really have much to add. And, uh, but that's weak because why not just talk to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But while they're, while they're hiding, they find out Jenny's been taken. And Lockhart shows up. And this is really funny to me. Um, I have a lot of affection for Snape in this chapter. Because, first of all, when he finds out a student has been taken... It seems to affect him. He, he seems to care very deeply about it. And he mm-hmm. is very clearly upset that this happens. But also, he immediately devises a plan to scare Lockhart away because he recognizes that Lockhart is totally useless. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. He's been looking for a reason to get rid of Lockhart, I'm sure. And so that could be sinister, or it could just be that Lockhart is terrible. No, nah, Lockhart's garbage. That, yeah. that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think all all the other teachers get on board with the plan immediately. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Lockhart, go kill that thing. Yeah, didn't mm-hmm. you say that you knew where the Chamber of Secrets was? Oh, yeah, and you said that you were, like, wishing that you had the free hand to take care of this. You got it, buddy. Yeah, get mm-hmm. in there. But Harry and Ron are super dumb, and even though McGonagall says after Lockhart is scared away, thank goodness we got rid of him, now let's get to work, they still somehow think that Lockhart is going to be responsible, and so they go to his office and they're really shocked. I do not understand this at all. Like, throughout the entire book, the two of them cannot stop talking about how useless Lockhart is. Why the fuck would they go talk to Lockhart about this? Instead of any literally any professor. I would say that Lockhart's capabilities actually have not really been established when it comes to defense of the dark arts. We know he's a blowhard and a crappy teacher. But also, he did write all those books, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we haven't... It seems pretty obvious to our cynical adult brains that, you know, that Lockhart did not do any of that crap he said he did. Mm-hmm. But to these kids, you know, he's, he's a, a hero. Who right? has vanquished a multitude of magical creatures. Even, and, yeah. even with that, Harry loathes Lockhart. Like, he would... I, I feel like he would... Literally, rather talk to any other professor yeah. than Lockhart. I mean, we were we were just complaining that he he won't go to a teacher with his information. This is him going to the teacher with his information. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I just don't know why the, he picked the, Lockhart instead the of the defense of the dark arts teacher. Right, yeah. subtracting what we know about Lockhart being garbage. Yeah, you know, he's doing the right thing, kind of here except late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and they find out though that Lockhart is a total phony, and he admits that he has. Uh, in all of these amazing stories he has, he has actually not been the one who did it. He has found the person who has killed the monsters, and then he uses a memory charm, and they completely forget, and then he, he just steals the story, and he writes the books with himself as hero. Okay. This is, I'm going to come back to this. So they bring him along? 
Uh, yeah, out of kind of anger, right? I, I mean, Again, I'd bring him along. Literally him to the any other professor. Literally any other professor would be a better companion mm, than Lockhart. For me, it's kind of like the you don't have to be the fastest person when you're running away from a bear. You just have to not be the slowest person. That's an awfully cold thing for a couple of twelve year olds to do. Like, oh, we're bringing this guy guy along to take shots. I think See, they're just angry I, at him. I think they're they're Gryffindor, so they're self righteous, and they're they're forcing him to come along and do what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good. That's a good. I think you're right. I think I there's think some it's, self-righteousness it's anger, there. Right? Like they're pushing him down the hole. and, mm-hmm. and at, at wand point. <laughs> at wand point, yeah. Yeah, they're like frog marching him. And I I mean, I was surprised, right? I knew this guy's garbage, but I, I was surprised that the extent of how garbage he is. You know, he hadn't done any of the things he said he had done. He like mind-raped the people who actually did these things and right. took credit for their uh, their things. And he was fleeing. Like he's running away this night instead of just, you know... Like, pretending, oh, I went out and I couldn't find him or whatever. Yeah. Like, this guy's completely craven. He he is. That surprised me. He's not supposed to. Three to three. If I was them, I would have thought, you know, this guy's, this guy's going out looking for him. Let's team up with him. Even though he's garbage, he's still, like, a grown man and a professor. Yeah. Um, so, like, so they march. They, for whatever reason, they decide to bring Lockhart along. They march him to the, the bathroom. They they figure out how to open the door pretty quickly. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm pretty pretty surprised that they open it so easily. Well, I guess you have to have, have a parcel tongue. Yeah, that's it, right? Or mm-hmm. par- parcel tongue, parcel mouth. I keep it's it. parcel mouth, but yeah. I keep saying parcel tongue. Me too. Um, yeah, you have to bring a parcel mouth along, and they just happen to have one handy. Yeah, uh, and you just have to you have to find the right sink and talk to it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they open the Chamber of Secrets, and again, this is a perfect opportunity to go get backup, right? Yeah. They're like two kids and a mostly useless wizard, and they're going to just like go down into the Chamber of Secrets, I guess, now? Mm-hmm. That seems... Yeah, you should go get Snape. Go get Snape, go get McGonagall, go get anyone. Mm-hmm. Flitwick is pretty good with charms, apparently, I don't know. We do get a bit of a story out of Myrtle, though. <laughs> I kind of like Myrtle's story. Uh-huh. Is Olive Hornby making fun of her glasses or something, and... So she went and hid in the bathroom and got killed by the basilisk. Yeah. And she stayed around just to haunt Olive Hornby. <laughs> and Olive Hornby was sorry for making fun of her class. <laughs> <laughs> she even like follows her to her wedding. Does she? I didn't, mm-hmm. We didn't get to that part. I don't mm-hmm. think. But so. anyway, they go down through the pipes. Okay, this is smart. They push Gilderoy Lockhart into the pipes first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just in case there's, what, a blender down there or something? I, okay, so I was thinking, what if the pipe's just narrow? And oh. they just get stuck there and die. Oh, that, that well, happens. they jump down right after him, so I guess yeah, they get stuck down there yeah. and die anyway. They'd all die. They get down to the bottom, and they see a gigantic empty snake skin. And Lockhart manages to steal Ron's wand. And this is the really messed up part. Lockhart says he's going to take a little bit of the skin back up to the school say, oh, I was too late to save the girl, and you two tragically lost your minds at the sight of her mangled body, say goodbye to your memories. So was he not only going to erase the memory of them going into the chamber, but erase their memories completely? Yeah, that's what he does. Like, And I, then mangle the body of the girl. Yes. No, she, I, I think he expects that she's already going to be mangled. Oh. Because <laughs> she's already down there, you know, whatever. Um, this goes from bumbling to evil. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I, I get the impression that he erases all memories from the people. Like, he leaves them just like a mindless husk. That's like, I think that's what his charm does. Oh, that's messed up. Because I thought, thought it was just he erased their memory of that specific That's what man. I thought, too. Well, the spell backfires. He's like lobotomizing and... people? Yeah, basically. Oh, that's awful. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This guy's terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, he's always been terrible. Now he's just like... 
you know, evil, yeah. I guess. Villainous. But luckily, Ron's crappy wand backfires on him. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, so, so this is the payoff, right? Like, because because as I was reading, I, I got to be honest, Jeff kind of got to me a little bit. Like, as I was reading, like, they were talking about the exams and how Ron was like, how am I going to do exams with a broken wand? I was like, fuck, how is he supposed to do exams with a broken wand? Does nobody, nobody see a problem yeah. with this? Nobody's going to give this kid a wand? It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> this class is bullshit. Yeah, right? Uh, but but yeah, I, I thought this is like double bullshit because he could explode. <laughs> that's true. That could have happened to yeah. Ron. Yeah, that's he right. He has already suffered an adverse effect when he started burping slugs. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's legitimately dangerous. And that could have hurt him. It could have hurt... I mean, when this first happened, I was like, oh, that guy's burger, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I thought he was dead. <laughs> the one explodes and he's just like, no. Yeah, it's kind of how it's described. It, it said it exploded like a bomb, you know? <laughs> I thought, and then they didn't mention Gilderoy Lockhart for a while. I thought, oh man, <laughs> that's, <laughs> no the deal, that's the end of Lockhart. But um, the explosion makes a bunch of rocks come down, and Harry is separated from Ron and Lockhart. And uh, but but Lockhart is also, uh, yeah, right. Now Harry can really be the hero. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Lockhart's uh, completely mind erased himself, and which I guess kind of is you know ironic justice or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, I kind of read that as. Because of the explosion, just this charm going wrong. I, I thought he had only erased a little bit of the memory of the people that had done the exploits. My, my, that was not my understanding. My understanding is that he just like erased them completely. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Although that's a lot more work than just writing about things you did and not doing them. Yeah, that, well, the nice thing is that the writing has like a village of people. They're like, yeah, he saved us or something. You know? But they remember... That being a different person, right? I don't well, know. erasing memories and writing books takes zero courage. If he actually had to go and kill the things himself, oh, maybe yeah, that'd I'm be just simpler, saying that but... if you're if you're gonna be a, a liar, why not just lie about stuff that doesn't require you to go erase memories? Mm, fair enough. Why yeah. not just completely lie? It's hard coming up with stories. <laughs> yes, that's true. Lockhart is very fiction lazy. is very difficult. It is. I mean, so he's not a this, Gryffindor. Is this a confession? Did J.K. Rowling? Erase somebody else's memory and, and steal the Harry books. Potter series. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, mind eraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Harry is separated from Ron, and Ron, he only hears what Ron is doing. Apparently, Ron is spending his time kicking Gilderoy. <laughs> Can you blame him? No, I mean it's if you got I some don't time. No, I mean it's a little fucked up, right? Like, yes, he's a he's a a shitty dude, but like now he's not a shitty dude. Now he's just like a child, right? Yeah, but I mean, he literally just said, I'm going to be cool with your sister dying and I'm going to lobotomize y'all. But, yeah, but, but now not he's not that guy. person anymore. Like he literally, like he's, he's, he's gotten, he's, he's basically a little kid. In a, he, a he was until like a minute ago. But Ron is not kicking him from two minutes ago. He's kicking him now as a as a poor defenseless. He's like a baby. He, it's like, like he was a just baby. born here in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Alice, his sins are not carried forward to his new life. Whatever. Lockhart's <laughs> a dick. Returning to the book, Harry just has to go forward on his own, and he finds the Chamber of Secrets. The Chamber of Secrets, which yeah. brings us. So the sink wasn't the Chamber of Secrets. I thought I kind of thought it was. Yeah, I, I was like I, I forgot about this part because like I was like the sink opens into this portal. Okay, I guess that's the chamber of secrets. He slides down the pipes and they're in this cave. Okay, must be the chamber of secrets. Oh, there's this whole extra room with snakes and stuff. I guess I guess that. Yeah, well, nobody cool. knew where the real door was because it's the chamber of secrets. It's right. It's, it's a secret. <laughs> if everyone knew where it was, they just called the chamber. 
That's a John Grisham book. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. About <laughs> the heir of Slytherin? Yes, chapter 17, The Heir of Slytherin. By John Grisham. By John Grisham. <laughs> By John Grisham. <laughs> and Harry finds Ginny and Tom Riddle. Yeah, so the book sort of ate Ginny a little bit. I mean, let's be honest here, Ron did warn Harry about wizard books. He did, yeah. And mm-hmm. this book apparently is right. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like this big statue of Slytherin that they've got there. Uh, yeah, it was kind it's, of a weird description. Cool. And the, the basilisk lives in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And this... So he, he built it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like he built a statue of himself and put a basilisk in his own statue's mouth. Yes. yes. Well, he's a parcel tongue, right? Like, isn't that, isn't that kind of like a, a oh, little bit poetic, right? right? He speaks to snakes and there's a snake in his mouth. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating. This is the only description we ever get of any of the founders. So we know he his giant face was ancient and monkeyish, with a long, thin beard that fell almost to the bottom of his robes. Yeah. That's interesting. The monkeyish thing kind of threw me for a loop. That's a weird description. Because well, they're early humans, right? Because <laughs> they're Neanderthals. <laughs> really? That's, yeah, well, yeah, that's what wizards are. They're Neanderthals. Yeah. Because that's that's why they've been persecuted by the Cro-Magnon descendants. <laughs> right? That's, you don't see Neanderthals, but the blood is, the blood is still among us. It's the magic blood. Mm-hmm. Wizards. Mm, yeah. That's why the Cro-Magnons hated them, because of the magic Cro-Magnons. Blood. Muggles, Magnum Mogul. I mean, that's right? where the name came from. Right? <laughs> Jeff's looking at me like, this is supposed to be the most reasonable thing in the world, and I'm an idiot for not accepting it as fact. We did warn everyone that Jeff lies 20% of the time. <laughs> but 80% of the time, it's unclear. <laughs> so there's this whole conversation that between... That totally makes sense. Right? I mean... It's the wizard's blood is dying. There were Neanderthals until like the until after the year thousand, for sure. They found the bones so after were, the year thousand. Yes. No. Shockingly recent. I thought that they died out like thirty thousand years ago or something. No, they found recent remains, but they were they were mostly died out. But they they found some like surviving pockets of them remains in the mountains. I, I know that they found people who share DNA. Yeah, they have that too. There was a lot of like cross. But like full-blooded Neanderthals? Yeah, the people that we would recognize as Neanderthals, they found like a cave full of them. That's crazy. Yeah, much, much later than anybody thought. Wow. But then they built the Chamber of Secrets. Oh my god! And then the the heir of Slytherin died. Right? Or the last, Mm -hmm. yeah. No, the the thing about the Neanderthals is true. Which part? The part about the the part about them building the Chamber of Secrets. Poor Ginny, she's she's asleep and she's cold. She's not asleep. She's almost dead. Mm-hmm. Almost dead. And so the, the, there's this conversation between Harry and Tom Riddle, and and it takes Harry a frustratingly long time to figure out that Tom Riddle is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like he's literally sitting here over the corpse of Ginny, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, Tom." Help me with this, and Tom's like, "No, I'm the bad guy." Tom, why aren't you helping? But this, there's a snake coming. Tom, Tom's like, Tom, yeah. why are you holding my wand? Oh, give it back! Thank you. Hey, he <laughs> literally thanks him. Yeah, hey, hey, Tom, thanks for finding my wand. You, you can hand it back over to me. Tom's like, "Dude, no, I'm the one who did the. Seriously, no, no, okay." Because, of course, the whole time Tom's yeah, trying to, to figure out... That's, you wonder why the villain monologues and things like this. Because Tom Riddle completely monologues yeah. here. He tells his whole life story to Harry Potter. 
And it's because otherwise Harry Potter would not understand what's going on. <laughs> That's right. He's like, okay, look, before, I think I'm going to have to lay some background here for you. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> I'm the Dark Lord. He like does pictures along with it. <laughs> right, yeah. He's Voldemort like, angry Tom Riddle, Voldemort, and they come together, <laughs> one person. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Get a blackboard there. And then yeah, he has to. He actually literally does have to do that with the anagram. That's right. Yes. He's, he's like. <laughs> when I read this, I turned to Karina and I said, "This is the stupidest thing I've ever read in my life." <laughs> he writes his whole name, Tom Marvolo Riddle, and then the letters rearrange themselves to say, "I am Lord Voldemort." And I'm so excited that you brought that up because I have to tell you how they adapted it for the other languages. Oh yes. In French, it would be Je suis Voldemort, so they named him Tom Elvis Jedusor. <laughs> in the German book, it's Ich. Uh, Lord Voldemort, so he's Tom Vorlost Riddle. In Spanish, it's Soy Lord Voldemort, so his name in the Spanish books is Tom Sorvolo Riddle, with a Y. Oh, so they just kind of plug in a little extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's the Elvis one that I really love. <laughs> Tom Elvis Jedusor. And the great, the great thing is that like they don't use the name anywhere else. They can plug really whatever the fuck they want into his middle name, and nobody will ever know. Right? Just make something up. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna. I, okay, stupid. Yes, but the thing is, he came up with this name while he was still a teenager. I was gonna say this is exactly the sort of name like a a sixteen year old kid would yeah. give himself. What am I gonna call myself, Lord? Voldemort. I'm yeah. Lord Voldemort. That's so cool. And I'm going to no, take the letters of my name and rearrange it. That's not it. what he did, though, right? Because his name is Tom Marvolo Riddle. So he took those letters and mm-hmm. took out the letters I am Lord and then made a name out of the remaining letters. Yeah. Yeah. He probably like plugged it into one of those anagram generators and was <laughs> going through them. It could have been like <laughs> grow a penis no, that's right? or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's Spiro Agnew. Oh, right, right. I thought that was Lord Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> His anagram grumpiness. <laughs> no, it, it's it's great because he's like, uh, <laughs> but my name was Lord Voldemort and only my closest friends knew about it. It was like, he had like a nerdy circle of like LARPing friends and they're like, they all had their vampire names for each other. <laughs> they probably like, all had little names too. Right? Exactly. Like, I'm Lord Voldemort. And they're like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Raven, Raven I'm, Master. I'm Lady Deathblade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I, like, that's exactly how I pictured young Tom Riddle. It's like, oh. <laughs> I want to, uh, I also want to point something else. It's like a random side thing, but they talk about how Hagrid was raising werewolf cubs under his bed. Mm-hmm. So, werewolf cubs, aren't they just like, Babies most of the time. Mm-hmm. He just had a bunch of babies yeah, on his bed. Like 27 days out of the month, uh-huh. they're babies. <laughs> he just had babies in his bed that sometimes turned into werewolves. Right, because Tom, this, Tom I'm Riddle. telling you, this is why he got expelled. Hagrid. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, Tom Riddle framed him, so mm. that's pretty clever of him, right? You know, it's misdirection. True. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he sort of controlled the memory that Harry Potter could see, unless... He, unless that was all fiction, I think that might have been real. I think that the the thing that he showed Harry Potter was a, was a selection of information because because he says that oh that I had no trouble fooling that headmaster into thinking it was him. So I think that being a sentient diary and only being able to be communicated with by the things people write in their diary is the worst fate imaginable. <laughs> 
Uh, like literally, what Jenny Weasley is writing, like how about she has a crush on on Harry Potter? Well, and also we know she's really bad at poetry too, right? Oh yeah. Her eyes are as, his eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. <laughs> so God, can you imagine how much shit he had to That's read? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what his UI looks like. Is he just in the dark except for silver words appearing in the world? Right. Yeah. I don't like know. he doesn't see out, does he? I don't know. Well, I mean, eventually he was able to create this hologram situation. Yeah, mm. that's true. By but taking like, Ginny's life force. Only very recently, like, lots of long time sitting in the dark. Know, maybe Lucius Malfoy talks to him. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> writes to him, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> Dear evil being. So, he's yeah, he somehow managed to preserve himself in this diary. And, uh, and he's... He's been hearing about Harry yeah, Potter. But it's and not Harry him, Potter. It's like a backup of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, it's not even like a full backup. It's like just like a a, a sliver of his memories, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely clear. Yeah, but but he's learned from Ginny that Harry defeated him, defeats him in the future, which is interesting. So he's like, okay, well, let me learn about this guy. Yeah, and that makes, makes sense. Him, makes him kind of mad. So he's kind of obsessed with Harry Potter. He's got another Harry Potter fan here. <laughs> another Harry Potter stalker. <laughs> That's right. This is what, number four in this book? Mm-hmm. Got Dobby, Ginny. That are, you, are you counting Voldemort twice? Uh, Voldemort and Tom Riddle? No, no. I'm, I'm, Tom Riddle's only one. So you're not counting Voldemort as a stalker? Uh, he's not in this book. Uh, oh, I guess he is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, just a piece of him. No, I was counting that, uh, that, uh, the bludger. And oh, Colin yeah. Creevy. And Colin Creevy, so that's that fine. That list just... Pow- yes. <laughs> yeah. I like the bludger is on the list. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes Harry Potter. Yeah, he's, he's a field cratcher. That's right. Jumping on the field, chasing after his Not even wearing any clothes. <laughs> uh, then along comes Dumbledore's magic chicken. Phoenix. Oh, whatever, yeah. His name is Fox. The fire chicken. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting name, Fox, because Guy Fox Day, that's the day when you have all the bonfires, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. England? Yeah. That's the day when Guy Fox tried to blow up Parliament. Mm-hmm. So, so that's th- interesting. Oh, do you think that's an intentional uh, name? All her reference? names are intentional. Well, it could, be, it could be reference to something else. Maybe. But it's the only Fox I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but Fox brings down the sorting hat, but even more usefully, he... Even blinds- more usefully than the sorting hat? Even more useful than the sorting hat. I was going to say, like, literally anything would be more useful <laughs> yes. than the sorting hat. Like, what a, what a, I mean, like, I get it. Dumbledore's eccentric, but he's like, this is what I'm going to send Harry when he needs help. Mm-hmm. The sorting hat. Right, but he also, then he does the important thing and he blinds the basilisk so now Harry can at least look at it without being immediately killed. Yeah, this, this is pretty fucked up. This Phoenix versus basilisk fight is awesome. Yeah. And the, so I guess phoenixes don't get... Killed by basilisk. That's what I was wondering. They must be immune to the the vision thing because it I mean, seems like it would get eye beamed before. I kind of thought it would be like the phoenix kept looking at the basilisk and exploding <laughs> like over and over again, <laughs> and that like you know shocked the basilisk or something. Could be, yeah. That is interesting because we know that other animals are susceptible because Mrs. Norris, the cat, was petrified. Even ghosts are susceptible, which is yeah unusual. But not but not the phoenix. So that's. Helpful. Uh, phoenixes seem to be kind of cool mythology in this. Like, there's a lot of interesting like stuff associated with this phoenixes in this that I don't think are necessarily in true of normal phoenix mythology. I don't know. Like the healing usually, tears and the yeah, a sign of rebirth and life, and they have that kind of magic. But yeah, but like lifting things. Like, there's a lot of extra stuff they attribute to the phoenix in this book. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, Mary I, Sue Phoenix. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So. Harry Potter can also is also a parcel mouth. Why can't he command the basilisk? 
I don't think he thinks to try. And he doesn't, right? Oh, yeah. Why, Why didn't he just he? say, don't attack me in parcel mouth? <laughs> hey, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> That's what's going to be like, oh, all right, he seems I cool. Mean, Harry Potter is not the brains part of this operation. No. I guess Hermione like, probably would have thought of that if she had been here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that Hermione is the education part of this operation. Ron is the common sense part. And Harry is the suicidal bravery part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the berserker. He's like running <laughs> yeah. in like screaming, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I got a wand! <laughs> the dumb blind courage. That's right. Mm-hmm. But luckily, uh, the sorting hat releases the sword of Godric Gif- Gryffindor. Yeah, okay. That, I mean, like, the sorting hat had a sword in it. Why not just send the sword? It's, okay. That's what well, everybody's been spelling it wrong this whole time. <laughs> the sorting it's, hat. It's the sorting hat. <laughs> the sorting hat. <laughs> And, like, literally, everyone's been, like, at risk of being sorted, and all of a sudden, Harry gets sorted in the head. He, he says, oh, he sees stars for you. It almost gives him a concussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a pleasant experience. I mean, he might have gotten a concussion. That's we don't a, know. Probably, but it doesn't change Harry Potter's behavior. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he grabs that sword, and he goes to town on the basilisk. Why didn't Dumbledore just send the fucking sword? I don't I don't think Dumbledore actually sent the, the bird. I think that the bird came because Harry Potter... He says this later, that the bird came because Harry Potter was in need. Dumbledore says shit like that all the time. That's a good point. Dumbledore's a freaking liar. <laughs> That's uh, true, though, because Harry Potter demonstrated his loyalty, and Dumbledore had previously said, help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who, who deserve it or ask yeah, for it. Which sure. I took to mean that his his power network is subtle and extends throughout every layer of this society. Mm. Probably true. Mm-hmm. Up, up to phoenixes and hats. Yes. <laughs> right. But luckily, Harry is able to kill the basilisk, but unfortunately, he is poisoned by its fang, which yeah. is apparently very poisonous. But luckily, the phoenix cries mm-hmm. on his wound, and that heals his wound. Yeah, mm-hmm. phoenix tears are a powerful healing agent. Yeah. You know, can you think of anyone else who could use a powerful healing agent? No. All those people in the hospital petrified? But they're not loyal to Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> I, just, I just wonder if it occurred to Dumbledore that maybe he could just like harvest some phoenix tears and go... You know, cure the hospital wing. <laughs> no, instead they're going to cut up a bunch of sentient, sentient creatures. Plants, yeah. In the mm-hmm. prime of life. That yeah. can, you know, love and have relationships and stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Parties. Yeah. So they understand the concept of fun and leisure time as well. Chop mm-hmm. them up. Stew them. Yep. Don't use the Phoenix Tears. Nope. That we have on tap, apparently. <laughs> so Harry isn't dying because Fox saves him. And just, he... Without thinking about it, it's just a completely instinctive thing. He plunges the fang that uh, came off the basilisk straight into the diary. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting, an interesting thing to do. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm not sure it would have occurred to me to destroy the book to destroy Riddle, but I mean, I'm glad I would it have does. destroyed the book, but I probably would have used like a, my wand. He doesn't have his wand. Oh, he didn't have his wand. I would right. use the sword. <laughs> that, that's not a bad idea. Well, I'm, I'm okay with this. It's a weird thing to do, but J.K. Rowling really does make the point of saying he doesn't think about it. He doesn't understand why he did it. It was just a purely instinctive thing. Mm-hmm. And it ends up working out really well. Mm-hmm. The, the diary just, bad. My question is, it's spewing a bunch of ink. Is it spewing all the ink that was ever written in it? That's That was my interpretation. Oh. It's been soaking it up like a sponge and all of a sudden it's like... Mm-hmm. So where it's just like covered in ink. <laughs> yeah, ink and blood. Ink so, and blood. So I want to I draw a picture for you here. He appears carrying a sword, standing over this monster he just killed, soaked in the blood of his enemies, and then mm-hmm. Ginny sees him for the first time, 
If she didn't have a crush on him before, she sure as fuck does now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, this is, this is how I roll up. Absolute baller. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. I kill magic snakes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I came down in the sewers, I killed this monster. Yeah. I mean, there was a magic chicken, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> I did most of the killing. A very magic chicken. <laughs> a super magic I mean, chicken. I think you're underselling the magic that this chicken has. <laughs> it's a lot of magic. <laughs> Chock full of magic. Mm-hmm. Is it that the chamber where a boy becomes a man? That's right. And a girl becomes a woman? That's right. <laughs> uh, but they join back up with Ron and Lockhart, and Fox somehow makes them light, uh, weightless and brings them back up the tunnel. Yeah, Dumb- sure. Dumbledore mentions that phoenixes have the power to lift immensely heavy loads. Mm. And so apparently the phoenix tail has some light, li- some lightning powers. Which again, I've never heard of that from phoenixes but this is... It's yeah, magic. It's magic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now now they decide to go visit McGonagall. Just mm-hmm. throwing it out there. <laughs> a little bit late, but whatever. But now know. they have all the facts. <laughs> I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which and which brings us to chapter eighteen, Dobby's reward. Yes, we have a huge reunion. I love this because Harry walks into the room like soaked in blood, and everyone's probably thinking, "Oh shit, who did he murder this year?" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they're not far off. <laughs> right. And they're like, just imagine this. This happened like, how long do you think this took? Thirty minutes. Not very long at all. Like yeah. they just had the meeting where they're like, "Okay, Lockhart, you're gonna go." Get the basilisk, right? Right, and Harry even told Ron, "If I'm not back in an hour, leave." Yeah. So it's been less than an hour that he was. It's in the not chamber. been very long at all. Yeah. Right. And then, and then after that, Harry Potter and crew come in. He's covered in blood. He has Godric Gryffindor's sword, <laughs> sorting hat in the other hand for some reason, <laughs> and the sorting hat, right? Yeah. Uh, they're like, "What the heck is going on with this kid?" Mm-hmm. The missing eleven-year-old. Yeah, and the missing, the missing 11-year-old and a professor whose memories have been mysteriously wiped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. And then he tells a story. Mm-hmm. A story in which he's the hero. <laughs> and there's nobody there to, to gainsay him, you know? That's right. Just, mm-hmm. you know, his, his posse and the girl who has a crush on him yeah. and the professor whose memory has been wiped. Damn, mm-hmm. too bad his memories were erased because he'd probably vouch... I'm sure he would agree with <laughs> yeah, everything I just said. <laughs> but this is one of my absolute favorite quotes in the entire Harry Potter series. I've read it down too. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Ginny is talking about how she's been writing in this magic journal. And Mr. Weasley says, have I taught you anything? What have I always told you? Never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. <laughs> I know. I That's love that so quote. so good. <laughs> made, me, made me very happy. <laughs> oh, That's so a good. great piece of advice it's, for the magic world, right? So, so far, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, he, and he deals with this stuff all the time, so he knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. He's probably told it. He probably really has told his children this <laughs> multiple times. What have I always told you? <laughs> like, yes, we know. Never trust anything you can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps his brain. <laughs> That's right. Don't you forget it, fuckers. Yeah, He's Harry finally house. tells his story. Finally. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's there. Wasn't he kicked off school property? Yeah, uh, he was reinstated, though. Uh, not yet. Wait, oh no, you're right. No, he right. was yeah, because, because, yeah, because yeah. Lucius Malfoy kind of bullied the other governors into kicking him out. Uh, but once Ginny Weasley went missing, every, all the parents started freaking out and were like, no, we need this guy back. Uh, that's, he's the one that led everybody to get petrified in the first place. Mm-hmm. True. So I don't know if I would want him back. Yeah. I, you, you have to keep in mind that like in the wizarding world, Dumbledore is like hot shit. Like he is, you know, 
provably apparently the most powerful wizard in the world. Everyone's like, oh, this guy can like you know bend time and mm-hmm. stuff. They, yeah, even Winston Churchill lost the election right before the war ended. Oh yeah, because people just get tired of their leaders. Yeah, I often compare Dumbledore to Winston Churchill. Do you? Do you say it would work, right? I guess so. Dumbledore's a lot less racist. Probably. We I think. Mean, see? Yeah, we, that was like 150 or something. Yeah, right? no, we, we, act, we don't see him interacting with a lot of people of other races, so it's hard to say for sure. I just like saying people are Churchill-esque. <laughs> Churchillian. 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 <laughs> no, that's a creature in the in South America. No, the, the Churchillian. Little, the Churchillian. Yeah, the little fluffy rat. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're so cute. Closely related to the armadillo or the... Pickle armor. The armored pickle. Armored, armored pickle. pickle. Yeah. It, I, it was armored pickle or pickled armor? It's armored pickle. Oh. Mm. In that sense, you reverse it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, Dumbledore gives 400 points each to Gryffindor because fuck everyone else. Like, think about mm-hmm. the president they're establishing. The last two years, mm-hmm. the team that wins is because someone goes and does something like fucking insane. Like, oh, I'm going to go, you know fight this basilisk mm-hmm. next year the students are going to be like well if we want to win the house cup we yeah, gotta we go gotta, find some we monsters gotta blow to up the moon or something <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> go oh. kill another teacher and say that Voldemort was in the back of his head <laughs> there you go. that's how you win the house cup <laughs> that's true just make sure you destroy the back of his head so no one can tell <laughs> it, it is super messed up they broke every rule why are there even rules mm. they're for other people Right. They're not for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore thinks it's super funny that Lockhart has completely lost all his memories and is pretty much lobotomized now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this whole scene gives me the impression that Dumbledore knows everything that Harry Potter knows. Why? He knows about Lockhart. He knows He's, about the memory. Thing. I think he suspected Lockhart. I don't think he knew about that part of Lockhart's thing. If you thing. suspect somebody's a mind rapist, you don't hire him to be your... I don't think he suspected that. I think he suspected that Lockhart was a fraud. I don't think he knew that he was going around He says something him. about the memory stuff in this chapter that makes me think he knew about the memory stuff. What did he say? He said it's ironic that he gets his memory wiped. Mm. That's because Harry, ta- Harry told him the story. He hadn't told him that part yet. This, this is what You're I right, he yeah. didn't, because Dumbledore, once everything's over, Dumbledore's like, Gilderoy, why are you not bragging about your part in the story? You're mm. right. Yeah. That's and, and then he's... Harry's like, oh, he got his mind wiped, and Dumbledore's like, yeah, that figures. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is my theory, is that Dumbledore can see and hear what Harry sees and hears. <laughs> this, yes, this would explain why Dumbledore can always see Harry in the invisibility cloak. He's or, never fooled. Everybody else is fooled. Not never Dumbledore. This would explain why he's never surprised by anything Harry has to say to him. Or Dumbledore can read minds. Yeah, maybe he can read minds. That would make sense too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's like, there's something going on with Dumbledore, I think. And I, I, I'm building this theory that there are these issues going on at Hogwarts, and Dumbledore, being the master manipulator that he is, is sending people like he's picked a random student. And it's saying, you need to go in and solve this problem. Like, go kill the basilisk or something. And he's arranging things so that the student thinks it's their idea. Uh-huh. And this is all part of, a, a, like, a chess game that Dumbledore is playing. <laughs> okay. This is what I think. All right. I think none of this is a surprise to Dumbledore. I don't want to spoil anything for you, Jeff. No. But you're, that's all true. <laughs> <laughs> you may be onto something there. I have another theory. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. The sorting hat is just a normal hat. And it's Dumbledore doing the talking. <laughs> He's like standing next to him. <laughs> He's a ventriloquist. I mean, the hat didn't talk to, to Harry when it gave him the sword, right? 
That's true. He tries to and it doesn't talk back. It's like Dumbledore's <laughs> Phoenix shows up, puts the hat on his head, and then the sword magically comes out of the hat. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore's always there when the hat is, is t- saying things. Oh. oh, shit. Possibly. That's what I think. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, and we- oh, yeah, because there's, there's a bit in this scene <laughs> where Dumbledore, like, Harry's got his, his stupid, because Harry's stupid, is this thing where, like, oh, the hat was about to put me in Slytherin. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? But then it didn't, because you asked not to be in Slytherin. Like, he knew that. He wasn't surprised. He knew what the hat said, because the hat didn't say anything, because it's a hat. So he was reading Harry's mind when Harry was thinking to himself, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Right, because Dumbledore can read minds, Ah. as we've established, (laughs) implicitly. And the the hat is just, because this is how Dumbledore works, right? He never does anything directly. The hat is just a proxy for Dumbledore? Right, yeah. And everybody, like... And then nobody blames Dumbledore. Like, oh, why did Dumbledore put me put me in this thing? He's he like, hates oh, me. It's oh, hat. it's this hat. It's this magical hat. <laughs> it's it's all a game to Dumbledore. Wow. <laughs> okay, but we also get. It's funny in this chapter we get two of my favorite quotes from the entire series. The second quote is, "It is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are far more than our abilities." Right. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. Actually, I underlined it three times. No. Uh, because that. It really it has always annoyed me that the hat defines your future by putting you into a house, but he makes the he tells Harry the difference between him and Tom Riddle is that he chose to go to Gryffindor. He told the hat, Don't put me in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And Tom Riddle didn't do that. It's mm-hmm. his choice that makes him different from Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting they talk about how similar Harry and Tom Riddle are. They look the same, they're they have like similar features and they're both orphans, they both yeah. were half bloods. I forgot about that, how how many parallels are there are between Tom Riddle and Harry Potter. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh Mal- Malfoy's dad Lucius Malfoy shows up. Mm-hmm. With Dobby. With Dobby. Mm-hmm. We don't we we'd sort of suspected that Dobby was the Malfoy's house elf, but we didn't have any confirmation of that until now. Mm-hmm. And uh Dobby's also like <laughs> Enthusiastically pointing out while he's beating himself about the head that the riddle and the, that's right the diary and Malfoy are connected. So, mm-hmm. so Harry figures that out and realizes that way at the beginning of the series when they were shopping for books and Malfoy got had a run in with the Weasleys. He put the diary into Ginny Weasley's cauldron. Yeah, I remember the part that they were talking about where he picks up the book. It's like oh, secondhand books I see. So apparently, slipped the diary inside of that book. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good so do you hand. think he did that on his own, or do you think the diary told him to do that? I think he did it on his own. He's, mm-hmm. he's a Malfoy. He's evil. He was a Slytherin. But so he would have had to know that what the diary was, and that it would be able to. I suspect he knew him. exactly what the diary was. Mm-hmm. I think that his his intention was to open the chamber of secrets. I think it was it was all actually very very. Okay, intense. so if that's true, then that's the equivalent of attempted murder. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they should tell Dumbledore, and they should frag this guy. Uh, they can't prove it. When does that ever matter? Well, especially because the diary is just paper, destroyed paper now. There's nothing magical about it anymore. Yeah, yeah but they're like, suspicious, but they don't know that's what happened. But who cares if they don't know? Mm-hmm. They don't like Lucius Malfoy. But he remember he's like a rich and powerful wizarding family in this, and this, and that matters in this world for some reason. Because mm-hmm. Ingaland. Yeah, because Ingaland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. To me, this, this is almost like he slipped a, a poison pill to the little girl. Oh, it's awful because Tom Riddle completely possessed her, and so she was doing all those horrible things. Yeah, right. And and, and the way that it's that's it's described, it's all very intentional. He intended for Ginny to be killed. He intended right, yeah. for Ginny to die to be blamed the, as the heir of Slytherin. Yeah, mm-hmm. to, to discredit um, her father. And, and maybe they, the and most... they just drop it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the most insidious part to me is he could have chosen literally any student, right? Well, to, he wanted uh, Mr. Weasley to yeah, get his credit. He, yeah. he, but he goes after this 11-year-old girl because he hates her dad. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. But, uh, but he's he, an awful He's terrible. Yeah, but he kind of gets his comeuppance, right? He gets fired. I mean, I don't know. No, he's no longer on the board of governors. That's true. Um, but also, oh. Harry kind of tricks... Malfoy a little bit. He, he asks, uh, Malfoy storms off with Dobby and Harry asks if he can have the diary back because it's useless now. He wraps a sock around the diary, gives it to Malfoy. That's a pretty good plan, right? Yeah, I mean, does this count? Does I, throwing a sock and then like the house elf happening to catch it count as giving him a, a sock? Is that Right, that seems like real shady logic to me. <laughs> I mean, it worked though. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, mm-hmm. Malfoy did take possession of the sock. Like, is the is the rule that you're ha- you have to like wear it? You have to purchase the clothing yourself. Well, it, I mean, say say you you drink your Starbucks coffee cup and you, you then you throw the cup away and someone comes and takes the cup. You wouldn't say you gave them the cup. No. Because he hands Malfoy this dirty sock and casts it aside, I, I, that doesn't strike me as giving him clothes. To me, the idea was always supposed to be like a ceremonial, like I'm giving you clothes, therefore you're free, mm-hmm. not just like oh I happen to. Like, like, do they have to be really careful in the house where they throw their dirty laundry because if a house elf happens to, like, dive in front of them, <laughs> they're free? I mean, like, like, that's why they only have one. Maybe all the other ones caught laundry. <laughs> that's right. Because they can teleport. I mean... <laughs> I guess the thing is he is relinquishing ownership of it as opposed to when you get dirty laundry done, you're not yeah, that's getting true. rid of it. Yeah, and it's true. not his sock anyway. Mm-hmm. But like Harry gave it to him, and so it became his. And then he's like, "Oh!" and he throws it away. I mean, Harry even said that it was a long shot, but it ended up working. Yeah, and now good. Dobby is free. Yep. Yay! And there's a feast, and everyone's happy. I mean, I feel like this is like the girl from the ring. You know, you're not supposed to help them. Oh. Even the, though they're pathetic. The house elf. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's he gonna do now? Uh, Kill whatever he wants. He's got super magic powers. Yeah, right? he's like more powerful than a wizard. He, he faces down Lucius Malfoy right here. Yeah, Malfoy's gonna like do something. He's like, he points his finger and it's like, don't yeah. you dare. And so this this house elf has been enslaved and tortured for a hundred years or something. However long house elves live. What's he gonna do? Go kill all the Malfoys? Possibly. Yeah. I, I guess he's probably just gonna hang around Harry Potter a lot. That's worse. <laughs> I know. This thing is a nightmare. Worse than Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. I know. He's got now his stalker doesn't have any chains. <laughs> yeah. And really that's just the end of the the, the book. The yeah. ending is very anticlimactic to me. Oh yeah. It yeah. is cuz it it just ends with them on the train going home and and Harry's like, yep, I sure am going back to my incredibly abusive family. Yeah, he says something like, oh man, they'll probably wish I was dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all laugh. As they're all like, Harry like, Potter's like, silently, yeah. quietly crying. He does, like, he gives them a phone number and says, like, find out how to use a phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is good advice, although it's really easy to control phones for, by, the, we, the, by the Dursleys. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. And... That's the end of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Uh, it's good. It, um, I mean, I, I, I last read this a long, long time ago, and I think mostly it holds up pretty well. There's um, there's some stuff that's a little funny and maybe a little bit like questionable now, as far as like mm-hmm. what she intended and where where you know where that fits in with things nowadays. But you know, I mean, overall, I think it was fun. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jeff? Better or worse than the second, first one? 
It was, I would say, side by side, they're about the same, but the first one was at least more novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one, you know, it's the same kind of, same jokes, same kind of humor, same type of fantastic stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. The showdown with the basilisk in the Chamber of Secrets is a lot more compelling than the weird chess puzzle thing <laughs> yeah. that happened last time. Mm-hmm. I seem to recall that as the books go on, they gain like a, like a little bit of like maturity, and I'm curious if that'll still be true. I don't. That's what I recall when read it, when I read mm-hmm. it a long time ago. But I'm I'm curious if we'll feel that way as it goes. Mm-hmm. So. I think it starts getting really dark with the third book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban. I yes. Yeah. I have to say, uh, the Chamber of Secrets has long been my least favorite book in the series, and that holds up still. I think it's really unsophisticated. I think there's a lot of um, question. Like, I, I think the plot is very questionable in a lot of points, and there's a lot of confusion about motivation, which we've talked about. Uh, just as much as the first book, except at least in the first book, you had this world building going on, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah she that's, has a that's lot what I mean. Like the, there's the whole, the kind of fantasy trope of this kid in a mundane world being sucked into a world of magic mm-hmm. where everything is turned on its head. It, that works, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's pretty basic, but it's, it's strong. And in this one, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. We get a lot less... Well, we get... Yeah, we get less uh, of the mundane world, mm-hmm. which is the best one of the best parts. The, the mundane world, juxtaposition. The, the I, I thought you meant the mundane world, as in the day to day. Here's how things go on at Hogwarts. Here's oh no, these I meant classes. the, the non magical world. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and it felt clumsy, right? There, there. That's a good word. There are these things that there are these themes that come up in the books that don't go anywhere. Like there's a theme of fame where Harry has these, these stalkers or these, these fans, and he doesn't know how to deal with fame because he's just a 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes nowhere. He goes down in the sewers and he kills a dragon or a basilisk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's also this, there's these, this fake-out. I think it was supposed to be a fake-out with Percy where he's acting shady the whole time, but actually it's because he's just got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really land because that, that, that never drives the plot or whatever. They never suspect Percy, right? I think mm-hmm. the reader is meant to suspect Percy, but the characters never do. If they are supposed to, that's not real clear. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, like, I feel like if that's a, a thing, then Percy needed to be more... Like, for Alice and I, for whatever reason, that didn't even occur to us that Percy was supposed to be a... Uh, like a, a side suspect yeah. because he was so like tangential to everything that was happening. Like, exactly, it doesn't. It it's like, not tied together. There's also this theme of the duality of Harry Potter and Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. You know, they even they say it a couple times that they look the same, right? right. And they have the same background, uh, but but Tom Riddle turned out bad. Mm-hmm. And there's also I think that ties in with this idea that um, all the people think that the other people think that he's the heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that would make sense if if he's exactly like Tom Riddle was, you know. But the people back then didn't think Tom Riddle was the heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. So there's this. So it doesn't really add up, you know. This this kind of the likeness between Harry Potter and the heir of, and, and Tom Riddle, mm-hmm. uh, and that that pays off a little bit in the the thing about the choice. But the where at the very end, Dumbledore says that's the difference between you. You chose to go to Gryffindor, right? But we don't know why Harry chose that. He chose that because the Slytherins are jerks. Because yeah. right? he met some Slytherins who were jerks, and he met Ron, who was like, Gryffindor's great. Right, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. His, his roommate was in Gryffindor, so he, he pledged to Gryffindor. Not even his roommate, the kid he just happened to meet, who he kind of liked. <laughs> pretty, yeah, point. pretty much. So that, yeah. that doesn't really make sense. Mm-mm. Like, what is the difference? I, I, 
and if there was some kind of connection where Tom Riddle was this great wizard, but he was put upon because he was a half-blood, and that made him go evil because he became resentful, and then Harry Potter can learn from that example and say, wait, I don't want to be like Tom Riddle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the better man. I'm not going to let the, these purebloods drive me that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be like a better storyline, uh, but it doesn't quite land. And also, like, the fame thing just goes nowhere, right? I mean, Gilderoy Lockhart is revealed to be a fraud, but we know he's a fraud from day one, you know? There's never a time when Harry Potter is like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should be like Gilderoy Lockhart. Maybe he can be my mentor. And then we find out he's a fraud and the chasing fame is a bad idea or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but, true. He's got all these things that could come together for a compelling story, but they don't. I, I think this is the weakest plot of the seven. Oh. But to end on a happier note, I am really excited for the rest of the series. The first two books, I've, I, I do have a lot of affection for them, but book three is for me when the good stuff starts. Mm-hmm. I'm excited okay. about that. I will say I didn't uh, see the Ginny Weasley thing coming. That was a surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. But it, but it is um, there. There are it's throughout the book. Like there are definitely like moments when you see Ginny doing something weird, and it's kind well, of played off as oh she's got being silly because she's got a crush on Harry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's all there. It's just she did a good job of providing another explanation, which is that she's a weirdo for Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think what she's trying to do is this thing where their suspicion falls on different people. Like everybody suspects Harry, and so he's like, oh, I've got to find out who it really is to clear my name. Oh, I think it's Draco. Oh, it turns out it's not Draco. Oh, I think it's Percy. Oh, it turns out it's not Percy. Who could it be? Oh, it's Ginny Weasley, the last, the last person you'd suspect. Mm-hmm. It is interesting that it's a Gryffindor who's committing the crimes. Mm-hmm. The the bad guy was Tom yeah. Riddle, but it was also that's something that Dumbledore says. This is a, he, he was listing the things that he has in common with Tom Riddle, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You guys kind of look the same. You're both Muggleborn." And you both have a disregard for the rules, <laughs> which right. is true. Yeah, it's true. But, but uh, it's, it's bad in Tom Riddle's case, but good in Harry Potter's case. Well, you know, mm-hmm. rule breaking, huh? I mean, from Draco Malfoy's perspective, they're exactly the same. True. Yeah. Well, that's a series wrap on Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Next week, we are going to be watching and critiquing the movie Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'm actually pretty excited about this because I remember this movie being awful. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Good promo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't put that in there. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you can check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club because that's what we are. We are armadillos. That's right. And or armored pickles. Armored pickles. Who, right. who podcast. Are you sure it's not pickled armor? I'm pretty sure it's armored pickles. Like Think, think about what an armadillo looks like. Shaped like a pickle. It looks like it's wearing armor. armor that's been pickled. Have you seen an armadillo in real life, Jeff? I every time I look in the mirror, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we are. <laughs> right. Uh, but in the meantime, um, if you want to get in touch, drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. Please give us reviews on iTunes or on Facebook or wherever you got this from. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. You can uh, get in touch with us. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake. I'm Micah Sparkman. I don't have one of those. <laughs> uh, anything else? All right, uh, please check out our other podcast, The Dragon Reread, and until then, Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.